0: When I talk to some of my friends and we talk about what some of the best things are for them and what they love doing, it's interesting what um, they would say to you. If you say, what are some of the most treasured activities within your life? Some would say it is going out in the mornings and going jogging. Others would say that in the evenings they go cycling. Um, other people, I know for Jenny, if you had to ask her, what is the number one leisure activity that you would like to do? She would say, Well, I would just like to sit somewhere, take my book, and read. So Jenny loves that. And if you had to say to me, Piet, what is one of your most favorite activities? What would you think it is, having gotten to know me now? Of course. You know, anyone? (laughs) What is that, Yurin? What are you showing? (laughs) The gym. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) I do enjoy the gym, sorry. Shopping, Shopping. there we go. We've got something in common. I love shopping. What else? Well, one that trumps all of that is I love going out for dinners. I love eating. And I love eating good food. And uh, that's something I really, really enjoy doing. And I have this in common with someone that I think is one of the greatest personalities in all history. And it is someone that you and I follow personally, and his name is Jesus. And when you look at the Gospels and you start reading in the Gospels, you'll find out that one of the activities that Jesus really enjoyed was to have either lunch or dinner with people. And so in the book, well, in the Gospels, the four Gospels, there is no more than 10 accounts where Jesus goes out and he has either lunch or dinner with people either they invite him to have lunch or dinner or he invites himself to go and have lunch or dinner. So if I invite myself, there's a biblical precedent for it. And so you will see that within the biblical framework, there were two types of dinners that people enjoyed. The first type of dinner, which was really a Deal with in scripture was almost like the formal dinner that um, people had when they got together. And um, you'll see that the whole biblical culture was a culture of eating, similarly to ours. Now, there are some cultures within our church where eating is even more important than in other cultures. Now, if you meet some great Greek people in our church, now there's a Greek family in our church, when you go for dinner, it is an occasion. And so I gravitate towards them because for me, eating is an occasion. Jenny would often say, "Peter, the difference between you and I is this. I said, what is it, Jen? She says, when you eat, it's an occasion. She says, I eat to live. I eat because I just love it. And so when it's my turn to cook, which is not that often, when I cook, I, I spend hours in the kitchen. And it's okay. When Jenny cooks, she spends a short time, but it's 10 times better than my cooking. But for me, even preparing a meal is an occasion. And certainly eating it. Before I even start eating my meal, Jane is halfway through because I want to make sure that I've got all of the condiments and I've got this, I've got that, I've got this sauce. Yeah, I just put all, I just love it. And we see in the Bible that um, this was the culture that Christ, stepped into when he was born as a little baby and he started to grow up within the culture and he understood the need within his culture he he interpreted his culture so well and so that became such an important activity to Jesus and so what I would like us to focus on for the next month or so is the same theme simply What happens when Jesus comes? That's the theme I want us to explore through the Gospels over the next month. What happens when Jesus comes? And today I want to speak about what happens when Jesus comes for dinner. Now like I said, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, There were two occasions in which people had dinner. The first occasion was the more formal occasion where people invited people for dinner. And oftentimes they would invite a guest to dinner, and they would invite other people around this guest, and we will see this in Mark chapter two. And so, if you can turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter two, verse thirteen, you see that this is the formal occasion where Levi asks people to join him and his newfound friend Jesus for dinner. And then we see in the Gospels, there's also other occasions where it is more informal, where a man holds a banquet, but he leaves the door open and he says, all who want to come, can come. And it's similar to the traditional South African culture, where you could just rock up at any time. And if you rock up at my house, there's always extra food for you, there's an extra place at the table, and my mother was like that. With all of our friends, my sister and mine, whenever we would particularly have a Sunday meal or over the weekends, the children in the community knew when dinner time or lunch time was, and they knew where the Wallace's home was, and they knew my mom's cooking. It was just absolutely superb, and so people could just come in and have dinner, and my mom was the type of person that if she met someone, she would say to them, come over over for dinner. And every now and then in my arrogance, I would say to my mom, you can't just allow anybody to come in. But my mom just has such a huge heart for people that there was always an extra place at the table and always extra food cooked. So we see these two contexts of dinner within the Bible, and so I would like us to read and see what happens when Jesus comes for dinner, and so let's read from verse 13 of chapter 2 of Mark, and this is what the scripture says, once again Jesus went out beside the lake, a large crowd came in and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, came to hear about it and saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Good question. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, and I love Jesus' personality, he just goes out and he confronts them. It is not the healthy who need a doctor. But the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So, as I said, in this series, we want to look at what happens when Jesus comes. In my most profound moments of encountering Jesus, it was when he came. And when he revealed his presence to me. And so within this context, we see that Jesus comes to Levi's house. And the Bible tells us that Jesus called Levi while he was sitting at the tax collector's booth. Now when you know anything about biblical history, you know that tax collector's were hated, and especially those who sat at the booths because they dealt with the public personally. And so that's where the public, the people, had to pay their taxes. And Levi was one of them. And so Jesus walked, and Jesus knew that the his heavenly Father spoke to him about Levi, that Levi would become one of his disciples and one of his apostles. And so Jesus walked past Levi, and He called his name. He says, Levi, follow me. Jesus came to Levi. And when Jesus came to Levi and he spoke his name, something happened in the heart and life of Levi. He left everything that he had and he followed Jesus. Now, Levi's name, was changed from Levi to Matthew. And some think it symbolizes a transformation in his life. That's why he got a new name. The same with Simon to Peter. The same from Saul of Tarsus to Paul. However, when you dig just a little bit deeper, you'll find out that oftentimes when it comes to the names of people, it is believed that the Hebrew name was Levi and the Greek name was actually Matthew. But it's interesting, however, that in the same way with Simon, that was his Hebrew name when God called him Peter. That was his Greek name. And the same with Saul to Paul. But it is so interesting to find that at times, Jesus calls Simon Peter, particularly when Simon had done something wrong. He would say to him, Simon! And then calling Peter is very, very interesting, isn't it? For the sake of emphasis. But we see here that Levi's life is changed. He becomes Matthew, and we now read about Matthew, this man that started to follow Jesus. And I want you just to look at what happens when Matthew finds Jesus. He says, Jesus, I want you to come and have dinner with me. So he invites him for dinner. How cool is that, having Jesus for dinner? What would you do if you had to invite Jesus for dinner? Who would you invite to be there? Because obviously you would want to impress Jesus, wouldn't you? What clothes would you wear? When people come for dinner at my house, I oftentimes change clothes and I iron my shirt. And and I do all those kind of things. That's just who my personality is and make sure everything is just fine and Jen would vacuum. I'd say, did you do that? And then I would do that and so we really work in team just to get our home ready for people. Now of course we don't have children so it's so much easier. Our children are grown up. But so we, we kind of look after the occasion. I wonder what Levi did. I wonder what he did just to prepare for that moment. I wonder what type of a meal he was going to prepare. Now, in our church, we have a couple who invited us for dinner for the first time about two or three months ago, very new within the church. And um, she said to me, or to Jane, and then when we got there that night, she says, do you know what? I didn't know what I should cook for the pastor when he comes for dinner. So she said, what she did was she went on to Google and she said, what should I cook my pastor for dinner? And so she came up on 50 recipes that you cook for your pastor when he comes for dinner. So I wonder what Levi did. I wonder whether he went on to Google and he searched out and he said, what do I cook when Jesus comes for dinner? Well, my friends, what actually happened was I just think that he opened up his heart. He opened up his home. And um, since it was more of a formal occasion in this sense, other occasions were less formal. I think he planned what he wanted to do. And the thing that Levi did, which I absolutely love, is that Jesus had impressed him so much. Now, come on. You've got to remember that Jesus... Is the son of God. You've got to realize that he was the teacher of the day. You've got to remember that Jesus, even at that point, was well known as someone who was different. The prophecies about him was widely known. And Levi encounters this man that's changed his life around. And what does Levi do? Man, this guy just straight away understands that freely, freely he has received of the gift of life that has transformed and changed his life. And he says, now man, since I've received it, he says, I've got to give it to others. And he chooses dinner to share his transformed life with others. And who does he choose? He chooses his, and the Bible says, his sinner friends, fellow tax collectors, and of course, he invites Jesus' disciples as well. So there must have been a crowd of people all got together at Matthew's house. And Jesus arrives. What do you think Jesus did when he arrived? You know, and in my journey with Jesus, I started, I've started to get to know Jesus, you know, and I find out he is very different from what I thought he was like. And as I've started to walk with Jesus and as we've become friends, And as he's become my God, I realized that Jesus isn't as formal as you and I would make him out to be. Jesus isn't just an occasion person where we meet him when we come to something called the church service. But I started to find out that Jesus is actually with me when I've brushed my teeth and even when I haven't brushed my teeth Jesus is with me in my best moments but also in my worst moments. I've learned that Jesus will speak to me when I don't want to speak to him. I've learned that Jesus is this person, this God that is so approachable. So when you have Jesus for dinner and I hope I don't Sound flippant in saying it, but he's a great guy to have for dinner. Firstly, him being God, he knows everything that goes on, <laughs> he sees everything, he's the most resource person, he's got great people skills, he's very direct as we see in the scriptures, but also he is incredibly warm and people are drawn to him. There's something contagious about his personality. But also, when you have Jesus for dinner, in the case with Matthew, there were prophecies over his life which said that he was going to be the ruler one day. And they misunderstood what it meant, but eventually started to know a little bit further. But I don't think Matthew, or Levi, as we know him here, thought through all of those things. The only thing that mattered to Matthew was that he wanted to introduce his friends to this guy who had radically changed his life. So he asks him for dinner. I wonder whether he asked Jesus, Jesus, What do you like eating? Now when you go into the culture of the time, oftentimes when Jesus ate, um, they would have some fish because fish was easy to come by during those days. Jesus speaks a lot about fishing and he uses a lot of analogies about fishing. We also see that he chose some fishermen to be his disciples. And so on the occasions when Jesus had a meal, they had fish there. They had these loaves of bread that was cooked that they had in the center of the table. And then to blow some of our religious mindset, they had a lot of wine at the table. Because you see that the Pharisees accuses Jesus of being One who hung around with drunkards and one who was a glutton, the scripture says. So we know there was a lot of food and we know there was a lot of wine. However, when Jesus stepped into it, they celebrated, they have an amazing thing. But one of the things the historic writer tells us is that Jesus started to change the culture where people became less gluttons and less drunkards when he was there and the whole situation started to change, but what they did was when they got together with Jesus, they had incredible celebrations. One of the commentators that I read after said, and I say this respectfully, Jesus was a party animal. Jesus, does that offend you? I hope it does. Jesus loved parties. And so he would go and he would have a party with the guys. They would sing. They would talk. They would eat. They would have some wine together. But Jesus never did this outside of the task that the Father had given him, and that was to fulfill his mission. And so we see within the context of Levi, of Matthew, as he invites Jesus to his home. I want you to see what happens here. Check out what the scripture says. The scripture says, tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And when the teachers of the law saw what was happening, and that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors. They asked this: why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call. I have not come to call the righteous, but I've come to call sinners. That was Jesus' message. Do you know where you can find Jesus? Do you know where you can find him? Where? With? With sinners. Us pious righteous. No wonder we sometimes look for Jesus and we can't find him. Because we're so puffed up by our own righteousness that Jesus actually wants us. To be with sinners and yet to remember the mission that God has called us to. So when Jesus arrives at Matthew's party and the dinner that they have, this formal dinner, Jesus right there with everyone, he starts fulfilling his mission and he says, I haven't come for the righteous, speaking to the Pharisees, who were so hypocritical and self-righteous, he says, I've come for those who need a doctor. And he looks at everyone there and he says, you need a doctor, I'm here for you. One of the passions that God has placed within our hearts since we've come to Switzerland is that I believe God didn't just send us to lift international church. But I believe God has sent us to people in Switzerland who move here and who are here and we share our lives with them. And those are some of my most treasured moments. Why? Because that is what Jesus did. This is what lift does. We believe that we exist as a church for the sake of our non-members. We believe that as a church we should love others but through the gospel. So when I go and I have dinner with people that I don't know or when I'm invited for dinner with people, I love people but I love people through the gospel. That's what Jesus did. Jesus never went to a dinner party just for the sake of having a good time. He would have a good time with people. But that moment, he would use to come and to reveal himself and to show people why God had sent him. And in those occasions, time and time and time again, people are confronted with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ And something happens. You see, Jesus teaches us in this whole chapter, if you read the whole chapter, he teaches us three things. Firstly, that he came to save sinners. And he uses the analogy of him being a physician, a doctor. Means that a patient ought to trust the doctor to heal him. My friends, all of us, at some stage or another, was a sinner. I want you to know here that Jesus, even at this party, he's a guest. He didn't say, well, I have come to call nice people who, who may be not quite where they are at. Do you know what he says? He calls a sinner a sinner. We're too afraid to do that. And as a result, people don't see their need for a saviour who can forgive sins. I think the reason why you and I oftentimes, when we get together with our non-believing friends, and why we don't see them encounter Jesus is because we paint a picture that's just not true of them. My friends, all of us need a saviour. And this is what Jesus was saying to the Pharisees. He says, all of us need a saviour. All of us are sinners. Now he says, Hey, you Pharisees, I'm not coming for you. He was just mocking them a little bit. But they were the worst sinners. They needed Jesus more than anybody else. Jesus came for all of us, my friends. All of us without Jesus Christ were sinners and our sin condemns you. When we encounter Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Something radically happens within our lives like what happened to Levi here. And the changed life means that we want to give other people what we've received from Jesus. That's the sign of a life that's been transformed. I want to ask you the question, how often do you speak to your sinner friends about Jesus when they come to visit? Or do you use the excuse, no, I'll just let my life speak for myself. Do you know what? I very rarely have seen people come to the Lord when we say, well, I'm never going to say anything to them. The gospel is a presentation through words of what Jesus had done within our lives. Jesus comes alive to people when we share the gospel to them or with them. That's when Jesus become alive. You say, well, how does Jesus actually come to dinner, my friends, when we honor the gospel through our words? Does that scare you? No, my friends, you just need to share about your transformed life, and you see changes happen within the lives of people. You see, but also, in this passage of Scripture, you'll see that not only did Jesus come to save sinners, within this passage he says he came to bring joy and not sadness to people. And he uses the analogy of the bridegroom in verses 18 to 20 here. My friends, when Jesus comes, he turns our sadness into joy. No wonder people were so attracted to Jesus. When people come for dinner, let them experience the abundant joy of what God has placed within our hearts. Every Christian home should be a place when people walk in irrespective of what we're going through. They should experience the living reality of what Christ has done within our lives, that he turned our sadness into joy. But then also, a little bit further, the Bible says, that Jesus said he will transform us from an old crusty wineskin in a new wineskin. And new wine will be poured into that wineskin. So my friends, when Matthew or Levi came to Jesus, he didn't just patch him up. Because the Bible says here that those patches will just tear again and there won't be anything new. When you encounter Jesus, and when Jesus comes, he will transform you. He will transform you. And this is the mission of Jesus. He wants to pour new wine in a new wineskin. My friends, this is what God has commissioned us to do. When Jesus comes, For dinner, we never leave that house the same again. Now, as I close, it is true there are three kinds of patients whom Jesus cannot heal of their sickness. It is those who do not know about him. Cannot heal them. Lift, we exist here in Switzerland. Christians, we exist on this earth to tell other sick people, other sinners who are like us, about him so that he can change them. Romans chapter 10 verse 8 says, how will they know without someone telling them? We've got to tell people. Secondly, Jesus cannot heal those who know about him but refuse to trust him. When you invite people over to your house, you cannot force people to trust Jesus or to trust in the God that you serve. But you can tell them, and then they have a decision. But if people do not open up their hearts to Jesus, he cannot change them and transform them. It's a work of God that happens. And then the third category, those who Jesus can't heal of their sickness are those who will not admit that they need him. Scribes and the Pharisees were in that third category, as are all self righteous sinners today. Unless we admit that we are just sinners, deserving of God's judgment, we cannot be saved. You know, one of our greatest joys here at Lyft over the years. is to throw a banquet here. And my friends, every Sunday morning, this place is a banquet. My purpose, our purpose, is to host people here on Sunday mornings. The more sinners come, the better. Amen. And I use the word sinner because I was a sinner. I knew what I was and I know what I'm now. And this is the best place to bring people who are sinners. Why? Because the gospel is preached here. And when the gospel is preached, Jesus comes. And he reveals himself to people. It's been our greatest joy to see countless people sitting here just like you having their lives transformed forever. They come here, they go back to their countries, but they go back changed just like Levi. I'm going to ask you to stand, would you please? Worship team to come forward. And there's two things that I'm going to ask of you as we prepare the song we give him the highest praise okay shout to the Lord shout to the Lord there's two things I want to ask you as lift the first thing is this Let's have a lot of dinner parties. When we eat, let's eat celebrating what God has done within our lives. When you drink, drink responsibly because you're going to need to give the gospel to people. When Jesus stepped into that culture of celebration, he dealt with the problem of people drinking too much within that culture. He dealt with it. Why? Because there was a higher purpose for why they celebrated. And I'll ask that of you as Lift Church. We need to speak the gospel, but our lives really do need to back it amen invite many people to your home not just your friends who are a part of lift but those who do not know Jesus with the purpose to further the mission of Jesus and then when we come together here on Sundays this is what I ask you Bring your sinner friend because they'll find Jesus. He's here today. They'll find Jesus because He'll love them, He'll include them, He'll be personal and intimate with them, and He will transform their lives. If you today have not yet been transformed by this incredible Savior and Lord called Jesus, open up your heart to Him. He's not willing just to put a patch on you, to patch you up. He wants to give you a brand new life. And He wants to put a brand new spirit within you. He wants to change your identity. From a sinner, He wants to transform you into a believer. And that requires a miracle, and only He can do that. Why don't you open up your heart to him?